Welcome to the Her Sports Story podcast, where we share in the stories of former female athletes, connect on the transition out of sport, and create a space where the always an athlete tribe can come for connection and inspiration. I'm your host, Bethany Crouch, founder of the Her Sports Story blog and podcast, and former competitive gymnast of 15 years to an athlete advocate professional. It makes my heart so happy to connect in and share these former female athlete stories. And I am so grateful and excited that you are here to join us. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Her Sports Story podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Kelsey and Selmy. Kelsey is a former basketball player turned math teacher, turned fitness and lifestyle motivator, turned Iron Man athlete in the making. And to say the least, she is incredible. You can pick up on her energy and what a cool math teacher. I wish I would have had her as a math teacher growing up. But we have a great conversation about transitioning out of athletics and going in coaching type of careers as well as teaching careers and navigating the initial career start and then tuning it back to ourselves and self-care and taking care of ourselves before we can take care of others. So listen in on this so, so fun conversation with myself and Kelsey. Kelsey, I'm so happy that we connected. What was so cool is earlier we got to have like a mini chat before our like podcast chat and we could have literally talked for hours just about everything as it pertained to like the former athlete life to transitioning out. So I'm so thankful that you're here, but go ahead and kind of introduce yourself to the Her Sports Story tribe. Yeah. So what's up, tribe? Um, I'm Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> so I stumbled upon this page on Instagram because Bethany liked one of my photos and um, was scrolling through it. And I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. You know, there's not a platform out there like this. So just I reached out to Bethany. I was like, I would love to tell my story. And here's 20 other girls that you can interview as well. So, um, so cool. Yeah, yeah. So I just think I just believe in her sports stories mission and vision and um, the community that it's building. So I'm uh, super, super pumped to be here. So thank you for doing oh, this. It's the best. Literally like warms my heart when I'm on the other end, like with a former athlete and we just like connect like it's like we've known each other for like 10 years when it's really been like a few hours of like actually talking. So it's so great. And I love that you reach out to me and, you know, we talk about Instagram and social media, how it can be like the best thing in the world. And then like the most distracting thing in the world in majority of my cases with her, her sports story, like this is the amazingness that comes from it. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. So let's dive in and talk about your sports story, anywhere from like growing up with sports, just about until like you retired from sports. Sure, yeah. So ever since I was little, um, I was just this massive jock. 
Um, there's a picture of me when I was like three and I've got a backwards hat on and like a football jersey. Like I was just in it. I love sports from the get go. And I think it's for my dad. Um, you know, Sundays were meant for football watching. And so yeah, I just, yeah. grew up, I grew up loving it. Right. Um, I played every single sport I could until my parents were like, you have to pick one. And that was probably to like, gosh, I don't know, my freshman year of high school. I was okay. playing soccer, basketball, softball, nice. everything. So um, my parents were like, you have to choose. So I chose basketball. That was my passion, my love. Um, it's probably the best sport or the sport I was best at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the greatest opportunity to get a scholarship and pay for college down the road, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I've loved basketball um, growing up. Played all my life. There was one summer in high school was playing AAU basketball. I was home for four days in July, and the rest wow. of the time was spent traveling wow. for tournament showcases, trying to be recruited. So um, the grind was real. But anyways, yeah, so I grew up in uh, Kansas City, Kansas, Olathe, Kansas, to be specific. Mm-hmm. Played basketball at Olathe Northwest High School. Loved it. My coach is still there coaching. He's the best. Um, so shout out to Coach Branstrom. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> We just, it was, um, Northwest just opened when I started. So we kind of built the program there and it's just really taken off. So that was a cool thing. And then, um, went to a showcase tournament up in Kearney, Nebraska and was recruited by Benedictine college and went and visited, fell in love and committed and played all four years there. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So, I mean, you're from early on, like it, athlete was just like in your blood then for sure yeah 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 and I had I had this crazy dream that I was going to play in the WNBA and then I stopped growing at five six and I looked (laughs) color too and I was like I am white this may not (laughs) this may not go over well in the WNBA like I don't think I'm gonna cut it but yeah the the dream was alive and thriving ever since Mm -hmm. I can remember yeah Oh, so cool. Well, thank you for kind of like giving us that backstory. And so we can kind of go on this journey with you, like through youth sport, through AAU leagues, through getting like recruited and then through your college journey. So talk to us then about like when that college journey ended and what your transition kind of initially looked like out of sport. Yeah. Well, so at one point, I thought my transition out of sport was going to be after my freshman year because I hated it, you know, and I think people, yeah, so like going from high school sports to college sports is a big transition in itself, and you don't know what you're getting yourself into. No one's prepared you for that. They, They tell you, but you really have no idea, and after my freshman year, I broke my ankle. I didn't get to play the last five games ish. I, I just, I was not loving it. I wasn't getting to be a college kid and I was this close to giving it up on it, but stuck with it. Um, so glad I did because we made it to the national tournament my senior year. I broke a couple records in assists. So like it was the best experience, best year of my athletic career. Um, and then it ended mm. and <laughs> it like I remember sitting in the locker room after our last game and being like what I don't know what to do mm-hmm. there's no practice tomorrow there's no film there's no 
what do I, where do I go? What do I do? And, you know, it would, it took me a couple of years to be like, okay, it's over. You're not an athlete anymore. And I think I tried, you know, really hard to substitute that with coaching. Mm-hmm. And I got in the mix of coaching um, and thought that would fill my void and to each their own, but it was not my own. <laughs> I was not meant to coach for very long, sustained time. Um, I coached varsity for three years, middle school for one, and I was an assistant varsity one year. And this is my first year not coaching and it, and it's kind of weird, but that transition out. So I, I thought I wanted to be a coach and I couldn't because I had such a passion for basketball. My kids didn't, and I can't teach passion. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't coach passionless players. It wasn't in my blood. I could feel my carotid artery just exploding (laughs) out of my neck. (laughs) Like my blood pressure. Oh my gosh. My health was terrible. So yeah. So I tried to fill a void that was not fillable. It wasn't, it wasn't going to fill my cup. Um, So I gave up the coaching trying to fill the void. But now I'm, I'm in this weird limbo year where I, I'm not coaching a single sport um, and just taking care of me. And to be honest, it's been amazing. I, just the focus on myself is just so rewarding and so refreshing. And I can breathe again and, you know, not have to go get my heart checked by a cardiologist. <laughs> Life is good now. Oh my gosh. So I'm so glad you spoke to all of that because one, college athletics is hard. Like, it's not always, again, like what you said, people don't always prepare you for what's going to come in college. Like, sometimes I think from the outside, right, we think like, oh, they had like the perfect four years. And like, even if you got to compete every year, like, it's still a grind. And there's so many challenges and life things that kind of happen in that age span. So thank you for speaking to that first off. And then coaching, I can somewhat relate. I was a coach for mm, a couple months and <laughs> I had, like, I was coaching the, the little hot shots, like four to six years old. And mine was not necessarily from like the, the girls not having passion because for four to six years old, I'm like, let's just have fun. Let's just yeah. get your body awareness up. But it was the, the pressure from the parents to be like when is my daughter moving up I'm like she's four it's gonna be okay <laughs> yeah right right and I I would like I struggle with that so it's funny that like some people or some former athletes like they go to coach but we're so closely like tied and there's like there's triggers there sometimes for us right to learn from and to like reflect on our experience but yeah like coaching is is so hard so props to coaches out there that do it well we appreciate you (laughs) yeah like yeah only the the people that coach like big time props because the parent deal man I shouldn't say anything because I have a lot of parents that might may hear this one day but (laughs) it it ruins it coaching it's you don't deal with parents as a player right so when you make the transition you don't you don't really realize it's coming you know parents are there but like holy cow man these parents got a lot to say and they want their four-year-old to be the next lebron and you're like dude they're four (laughs) (laughs) i know it's true and like you think I mean, I have to think that, like, of course it's coming from, like, a good place, right? Like, that they want their kid to be everything that they could be. 
But, you know, I was actually just recently on a sports psychology panel, uh, I think last Friday, and we were talking about this in general, just like the, the pressure from coaches or parents or whoever, and then like sports spe specialization and how like I said, if there was just a way that like all of these college athletes that made it or got their scholarship could like come talk to these parents or we could do a big panel where like someone like myself could say, you know, I really wish I could have started gymnastics a little later. Maybe I wouldn't have, maybe I wouldn't have burnt out when I did and quit gymnastics twice and turned down a scholarship before realizing I should go back. Um, so right. I just wish that, you know, uh, one day to have like insight from like you and me and like this tribe to talk with parents that like you're doing such a good job and you're getting your kid to the level they need with just like the resources they have but it's such a process and like pushing through it or like forcing it and creating that resistance does not help through that journey right and and that's so true in all aspects of life so being a, a math teacher we talk a lot about that so when we push our kids uh, mathematically, the same thing happens. They burn out and we lose all these phenomenal mathematicians, you know, in our, in our country struggles, finding computer scientists and yeah. engineers. And it's because we tell our kids they're gifted and they're not, and then they burn out. And so it's like, we do the same things with our athletics. We tell our kids yeah. they're good. We give them a participation trophy. They think they're the coolest and the best and they're not. And so like, it's a harsh but, reality. <laughs> these parents feeding these things to these kids and, and it is out of a good place. I don't think yeah. they intentionally do this or realize what they're even doing, but mm -hmm. it burns so many good athletes out. There's so many girls I coached that went to college to play and they burned out after their first year. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dang, like, yeah. it, it's just, it's preventable. That's the thing. It's so preventable, but mm -hmm. um, there's so many uneducated parents that yeah. don't hear this message that, this can, your kid can make it in college. And you know what, here's the base thing. Your kid can go to a D3 or an NAIA school and they're still a college athlete. And it's not the end of the world if they don't go D1. It's right. not the end of the world. I know, yep. You still get like that amazing opportunity to be a student athlete. And you know, with that experience comes a little bit of everything from managing a full-time academic load to, you know, working with a new coach, new team, transitioning into adulthood, doing your laundry and like deciding what you're going to eat, right? You're like, you're still right. going to experience the, the very similar things that, you know, maybe a, a D3 to a D1 athlete does that, like at, at kind of face value. But yeah, yeah, so we, of course, went on a little like side turn there, but in the beginning of this question, and that was totally led by me, uh, but in the beginning of this question or the answer, you mentioned that you're a math teacher. So kind of talk to us about, you know, that transition of you becoming a math teacher and then, you know, now what your day-to-day -day looks like. Yeah, so um, I knew in high school I wanted to be a teacher. Um, just because I had such influential teachers and I thought, man, these people made such a big difference in my life. I want to turn around and give back too. Um, so I knew for a long time, but a, a part of me wanted to coach. I thought I wanted to be a coach and I thought I wanted to be the best varsity coach out there. And I knew I was gifted in basketball, but 
I slowly learned that I was not gifted in coaching Mm -hmm. or at least it just wasn't for me. My dad might say otherwise. He might say I was gifted in coaching, but he has to. So, (laughs) um, so yeah, so I'm a math teacher and I love it and I look forward to it every day. And it's just, it's just given me that connection with kids that I want. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly the coaching carries over to them. Right. So you know, you and I talked about earlier, the building the relationships thing. Mm-hmm. So all this is I learned as a player and as a coach transitioned into my career. Like I have to build relationships with my kids first before I can sell them on my product, right? Which is mathematics, which is not an easy sell. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're shaking your head because you know, <laughs> yep. Mathemat- yeah, everyone's like, Ugh, math listen, someone's got to do it. And I chose it. So <laughs> I love it. But um, yeah, so that building the relationships thing that started with my, my sports experience, like, you had to build the relationships with your teammates and your coaches in order for you guys to be successful, right? Mm-hmm. You could not carry out the mission without having your team. This was not solo. And I still I cannot to this day, do my job effectively without my team and my relationships that I have with my coworkers and my students. So it's just, you know, we talked about, yes, I'm a former college athlete, but I'm still an athlete. And then my values and my morals and my, in my um, mantra and my pillars of, of belief carry into everything that I do. Yeah. Everything that I do. So, so it's, I'm so thankful that I was, gifted or giving god-given talents to play basketball and play sports mm-hmm. and then i had great coaches who taught me about communication about teamwork about failing because okay our little kids that all get participation trophies yeah. you know they need to learn to fail and, and, and parents need to realize and coaches need, it's okay it's yeah, so okay right? so it's glad okay mm-hmm. yeah. right all of our failures made us who we are and so you know there's um there's a cool story out there how J.K. Rowling or Rowling or however you say her right. name, mm-hmm. Harry Potter, that 12 publishers turned down her book, Harry Potter, before yeah. somebody. So, like, she's the richest author in the world. <laughs> she had to fail 12 times, and she persisted, and she persevered through it. So, like, those little lessons, mm-hmm. like, that's, that's what sports did for me. And so, while I may not coach anymore or play basketball seriously, like, those things still make me an athlete today. Yes. I mean, amazing answer. And uh, like we like chatted before, like those athlete values and practices that you have, like can still show up in your life and still be a part of like your persona and your day to day or your career and whatever you do, even though you're not technically competing or playing in a game. So I think it's so valuable to realize that sometimes. I mean, I will be completely honest. I'll be at work and sitting at my desk. And even though I work in athletics, I sometimes forget. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was an athlete. I was like a gymnast for 15 years. <laughs> like, I yeah. forget. And sometimes I have to be like, well, where's that persona? Like when you walked into a meet and you had that confidence, like just on. Like to take every aspect like that into you or in with you to your next journey so so amazing so now I kind of want to stay on a similar path as far as life after sport and now 
but transition it more towards like a health and fitness focus and like how your journey looked from that aspect. Yeah. So this is like one of my favorite like testimonials. So (laughs) in college, I was in my best fitness, obviously working out three hours a day, lifting weights, yada, yada, yada. But I was still eating fast food and I was still eating calf food, which was absolutely disgusting. But it was my choice, right? So um, I wasn't ever really told. I mean, granted, I was told like, here's your seven food groups. I don't even know if it's seven. Is it seven? Maybe five? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. See? Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Right. Okay. (laughs) Still not very good at that, but (laughs) (laughs) so like no one ever told me about food. And so I was in the best shape of my life eating pure crap. Right. And so my metabolism was great. Thank God, because (laughs) I, I stayed at a decent weight during college. But when I left college, my metabolism caught up to me eventually. And um, I was still on a fast food diet because I was not taking care of myself because I was a brand new teacher. I was coaching varsity athletics. I was saying yes to everything. So I was on a fast food diet. I, you can ask anybody, like they used to buy me McDonald's gift cards because they knew I was gonna go grab something eventually. And it was true, but I had no choice. Um, so once I stopped coaching, I, I really was taken aback at my figure because I had lost, not lost weight, I had gained weight. Mm. I was up like almost 15 pounds. I wasn't working out, like running a mile was just like, I lost it. And I was just so upset with myself because I am an athlete. Mm-hmm. I used to do the hardest workouts of my life. And now all of a sudden I can't even get my butt up off the couch. And so I'm thankful that, you know, you know, God kind of told me like, stop coaching and take care of yourself because you're going to, you're going to die before 30 over this coaching gig and it's not worth it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So this last year, man, even maybe just starting this, I can't even remember. It was very recent. I was like, screw this you're gonna get your butt back in shape there's no more excuses there's no more bs get off the couch and go use your body you are 28 years old stop making excuses there are 55 year olds completing ironmans and you can't even run a mile and you're a former college athlete so um yeah it was back in september actually i did my first triathlon and i was like all right here we go I'm no more excuses. I'm going to be in the best shape of my life, even better than I was in college. And I'm finally going to fuel my body with proper nutrition. Like no more fast food, no more process, no more buying frozen pizzas. Like you're better than that. And you need to cut the excuses. So um, it took me a very long time. Well, until my metabolism stopped working and I started feeling crap, right? Right. Yeah, I can't pound a value meal anymore and not gain a pound. (laughs) I was gaining six. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like it's been this, it's been slow, but I'm thankful that it finally happened because it reconnected me with um, those principles of being an athlete, being disciplined to get up, to go for a run, to complete the mission um, and to set the goals. So well, it was fun while it lasted, the whole value meal thing and fast food thing. But I'm so thankful for this last, you know, six months of just being like recommitted to myself. Mm, so good. Yeah. And I like, I think when we 
especially like when we get into our first full-time role and we are saying yes to all the things because we're trying to be the team player and grow our career. Like I can attest to joining you on that fast food option. Like, cause when I was doing grad school and working as like a ticket manager, like you are totally strapped for time. There's yeah. times like literally you're home to sleep, like from 10 to like whatever time you get up in the morning and that's it. So I think a part of that journey is like experiencing those tough, tough times that unfortunately, like we make decisions that aren't always best for ourselves. But through that process, we learn so much. And we learn, like, like you said, like, it's just, you get to a point where you're like, I am choosing me. I am better than the frozen pizza. I am better than this food choice. So I am recommitting myself to just being healthy and putting myself first. And that, I think that's so huge. And I think as us, as like millennials, I guess, if you'll call us or later, I don't know what the technical term is. So we're like right on the cusp. Um, But I think that it's just, it's something that I hope that everyone gets to circle back to because I think throughout our lives, we're taught to, you know, like go to school, work hard, do all the things, get the career, and we're in that where we taught to put our self-care first, you know, right. or like, Ooh. where was that value instilled? And I don't think it was. And I think that now there's this like whole emergence, if you will, of like people in the social media space or, you know, health coaches that are like, no, you have to take care of you first before right. you can be successful in any yeah. aspect of your life. So, yeah. so, so huge. And also I want to talk about kind of like what you're doing on social media and how yeah. you are like reaching out and encouraging others to kind of like join with you on this like health journey. Yeah. So, you know, just to circle back real quick, the self-care is a big buzzword right now, mm-hmm. but like I said earlier to you, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. So um, I didn't, I started an Instagram page just out of pure accountability and, mm-hmm. and connection. I wanted to find that community of former athletes or just, even if you're not a former athlete, you just want to be the best version of yourself. Um, I wanted to find you. And so I feel like in our day and age, right? As millennials, social media is the fast, quick, easy way to find people mm-hmm. um, and total strangers. and you know, we're okay with total strangers because we order cars from our phones and get in them and just trust them to take us somewhere. So (laughs) (laughs) and not kill us, but you know, um, whatever. So yeah. So I started this Instagram page just to like, for people, total strangers, I don't care who you are, but to hold me accountable to what I'm saying, but also to motivate you and like be a real voice of reason as to why you need to get off the couch too. And why, and, and give purpose back to you. So yeah, my, I just have an Instagram. I just post, I just am real, I'm corny, um, whatever I'm feeling that day. But um, I just want, I just want people to have that awakening that I did. Um, whether that's natural or whether I help spark that, it's so healthy just to like give back to yourself. Because I think as, as athletes, at what point, 
I mean, unless you played golf, but still golf's a team sport. Like, at what point did you ever do this for yourself? Yeah. At what point on the court was it one versus five? At, At what point? It's never. It's never been about you. And you've been, you know, trained to think, do what's best for the team, do what's best for you. And that's great. But again, if you don't do what's best for you, you're not going to be a part of that team because you can't, you can't even, you can't even show up. So, you know, like you said, that self-care, it's just important and it's not selfish. It's so necessary. And, and I think a lot of, especially women, I think a lot of women get caught up in it's selfish. How could I take five minutes for myself? I have a kid, I have a dog, I have a husband, I have, you know, all these things that I need to do. But girl, no, take five minutes. Yes, <laughs> I five know. <laughs> Lock yourself in the bathroom, shut the door, put your headphones in, do what it, you have to fill your cup. You have to, because there's no pouring from it. it. You can't, you can't do it. So I just, I needed a space and I've got a gr- great group of friends and family and, you know, I've got a good support system, but mm-hmm. I feel like my message needs to be heard to people that need to hear yeah. it. Right. So we have the platform, so why not do it? I know, right? Like this day and age is made for like story sharing and connecting with one another. And like, especially when you're doing so in such a positive manner with like just the the best intentions, it, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, you can, you and I like connecting, we can attest to that. Like right. that <laughs> this has been pretty incredible just being able to, you know, like reach out via our pages and be like, hey, you look like you're interested in the the same type of values that I am as a former athlete. So let's connect. Um, yeah. So, so cool. So kind of with this or, you know, whether that's career or maybe this Instagram following and inspiring others, what are some dreams that you have for the future? It's uh, totally going to sound cliche, but like, I literally want to change the world. Like, I love it. I, yeah, it's, it's bold um, and cliche as, as heck, but I, that's my dream. I really want to, and you know, it, in my career, this is a tangent, but mathematics education needs a big flip. And so like, I'm devoting my life to making that flip happen mm-hmm. um, and providing an equitable opportunity for everybody. Right. Yeah. But it also, but I also like have this burning desire to help people do that through fitness and wellness and nutrition. And, but especially towards like females, Mm -hmm. like we've just had the shit end of the stick. I don't know if I'm supposed to cuss on here, but (laughs) 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 we've had the shit end of the stick for a very long time. And I just think, dang, like we are a powerful group, especially in, you know, we talked about this earlier, like, that millennial age group right now, like we've had enough. And I think our voices are getting louder and louder day by day. And I think if, if, if we band together, we all really will make a big difference. So when I say my dreams are to change the world, it's really with like a community. Like I can't do it alone, obviously, but like, that's a big dream. Um, a more tangible dream. I really want to complete an iron woman. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah, cute. I yeah, that's yeah, a lot of miles. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of miles, but um, I've got a friend that he's completed an Ironman, so he's gonna help me out with it. But I really, before I turn thirty, I'd like to finish one. We'll see. I don't know. 
I think you I can do it. I think and I can too. Yeah, you're gonna have a whole tribe behind you. So you will all be rooting for you because <laughs> yes. that is like such an amazing accomplishment. And just so trying on every level. Like it's not like you're just physically gonna go through an Iron Man, like you're emotionally and spiritually going to go through an Iron Man. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna need the Lord on my side that day. <laughs> Well, we will be there just rooting for you. But uh, no, your dreams are totally tangible and you can change the world and you already are. Like you're already making impact. And that's that's another thing. Like I think us as women, we don't always realize that we're like taking care of others or we're like pouring into others, right? But you already are like making an impact. Even if it's on like a a smaller scale, if you will, like those little bits every day, like that's going to build you up. So no, it's, it's all incredible and it will all happen. So thanks so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. And before we kind of like dive into our last question, please let us know where we can find you or follow you. Yeah. uh, Follow me on Instagram. It's Kelsey underscore underscore otr so k-e-l-s-e-y underscore otr and otr stands for yeah yeah on the run yeah cool well this is a my final question is something that i ask all of our our podcast guests because when i transitioned out of athletics like I was searching for someone to just be like, yeah, me too. I get it. And I would love to know what you would say to like, let's say you had like a group of a hundred or so athletes, just like in a room who had just left their sports or, you know, had to retire. What advice would you give them? Sure. Um, I, you know, one, I would love to be in a room with 50 to 100 former athletes, right? right? Not, and I, yeah, yeah. Just come here. Let's all hug it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my biggest advice would be that you're a former college athlete or you're a former high school athlete, but you're still an athlete. You don't lose anything the day the last whistle blows or the last competition's judged that is all still yours and you should be so dang proud of it and you should share it with people. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are are like eating some humble pie and not sharing what they did, but, (laughs) but share, tell people what you did. And you know what? Tell little girls what you did Mm -hmm. because they need role models and they need to see, heck yeah. You know, my teacher played college basketball. They need to know that because they need to, you know, they need to be our next wave and our next voice. Um, but be proud of who you were, who you were and who you're going to become because you're still an athlete. You didn't lose that. And just go out there and be a badass. Yeah. Like, just go that's do still. it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Love it. Yeah. That's my advice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, one day the goal and the dream will be to have all of these incredible women that I've connected with in a room with, you know, 100, 200, 500 uh, former female athletes. So we can like talk about all of this stuff and help prep one another for, for what's going to come in life and how we can handle all of the things. So 
your advice was so great. And I know that there are athletes that need to hear your message. And just how you said, like, share your story. I'm so glad you're here to share your story. So thank you again so much for being here today. We loved having you. Yeah, thank you, Bethany.